Now, Andy, let's start with you, mate. Let's find about a, a bit about your story. Uh, whereabouts were you born and raised? Sure, I was brought up in Sydney. Um, I have three brothers, and uh, my my father was a military man, so we travelled around a lot as kids, mm-hmm. uh, which saw us sort of grow up in mostly in Sydney, but all over the world. And um, sort of when he was away deployed, we'd often head into uh, rural New South Wales, where my mum grew up and, and spent a lot of time on the farm down there near Tarauga, mm-hmm. western New South Wales. And did you have much of a religious upbringing at all? Not really, mate. Um, never really felt a uh, big connection to to Christ and um, that was something that really developed later in life. I was raised in a, in a Catholic home. Um, we grew up going to church from a young age um, but really felt quite separated from um, the whole church and my own spiritual journey. Now, let's just find out a bit about your career uh, before we get on to Zoe's story. You were a, a veteran of 17 years' service in the Australian Army. Uh, tell us, uh, where was the bulk of that? Where, where did you serve mainly? Sure, I served um, all over Australia, mostly. Um, sort of later in my career, when I, when I got into explosive ordnance disposal or bomb disposal, we, I was deployed to Afghanistan um, a number of times, first in 2008, and then in later in 2011 and 2012, mm-hmm. um, as a part of those deployments, I headed up the Australian contingent for bomb disposal. So the guys that run around uh, defusing and searching for roadside bombs or IEDs, um, and also doing a lot of sort of post blast activities, which is the uh, often the very ugly side of cleaning up after um, explosions have gone off. That sort of thing. Mm, I just can't imagine the uh, the stress and the pressure that job uh, would have brought with it. And uh, you've got a, a beautiful love story with Zoe. Tell, tell us how you met. Yeah, sure. We uh, we met in Byron Bay, uh, Cocomunga's nightclub, mate. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> it was uh, a little little nightclub. We were there. I was travelling up the coast with a mate uh, on a bit of a surfing trip in between um, postings. And um, we went out and I saw this beautiful girl dancing and all these guys trying to dance with her, but effectively circling her. And a mate of mine uh, bet me that I couldn't um, get her to dance with me. So I quickly <laughs> took him up on that bet and walked straight up to Zoe and asked her if she'd like to dance. And the rest is history, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zoe, it's time to bring you in now. Is, is this true? Uh Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I danced with him because he looked like Ricky Martin. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tell us a bit about uh, your story. You grew up in the tranquil hills of Byron Bay, living in a mud brick home, I understand. Did you have a religious upbringing? Or? 
Yes, uh, yeah, I did. My um, my parents uh, were very much involved with the Pentecostal sort of movement, um, and uh, we went to uh, attend a church called Eastgate in Byron Bay. My parents still attend there, mm-hmm. um, and so do some of my siblings. So, um, yeah, definitely a Christian upbringing on my part. What a wonderful church. I know uh, Neville and Sue Strawn, beautiful couple that passed to that church. Yeah, they are. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, tell us a bit about uh, meeting Andy. What was his faith like at the time when you met him? And, and how did he really get his life right with the Lord? Well, he really had no faith when I met him. Um, but he was a, he was searching. Uh, he had come back uh, not long uh, from uh, before I met him from a, a trip through... Um, South America, mm-hmm. and he'd spent a fair bit of time with um, like villages and stuff, and and would express to me how beautiful their their simple their, their simple life was, and how they had a relationship with nature and and with God. Um, but he had never really sort of found anything like that that resonated with him. So, um, sort of very carefully introduced him to Christianity. Um, I. Um, he met my um, my mother, and uh, my mother, bless her heart, did so. Just basically pursued him um, with uh, conversations to do with God, and and Andy initially was very standoffish and was very much like, "Oh, look, Daff, I just it, it's uh, my personal my relationship. I don't want to talk about it." We ended up in Darwin, and um, we were walking past this. Um, I think it was a, a Baptist church, and he just said, oh, let's go into church. And I sort of looked at him like, okay, let's go to church. What, what are we doing? And uh, we went to church, and this guy gave a, um, a word, and Andy was like one of those people in the audience um, who was really audible, and he was, mm-hmm, yep, so good, yep, mm-hmm, like totally agreeing with everything the pastor was saying. And I was just looking at the guy thinking, who are you and what have you done with Andy? Um and then at the end, the guy did the altar call and I, every, I had my head bowed and I had my eyes closed and I heard Andy put his hand up. <laughs> and um, I just sort of looked at him like, do you know what you're doing? Like, what's going on? <laughs> so this was, uh, you know, probably probably a year after um, we met. And um, so obviously God had, <clears throat> God had been working on him. But um, it wasn't probably until... A few years later, in 2008, just before or just after he'd come back from Afghanistan, that um, the first time round uh, that he really started a relationship with Christ, and um, it was a significant because while he was away, I had the whole church praying for him, and um, so I think he had a few close calls over there, and um, you know, there's nothing like a bit of danger to make you sort of call out on God. So we ended up getting baptised together as a family because um, it was really important for us to sort of start a new direction uh, following Christ together as a family unit and thought that would be a really powerful thing to do. Yeah, so that's pretty much when I think his re- real relationship started. But I think also um, later on his journey with PTSD was probably the real defining moment where he actually had to surrender to Christ and that was definitely when um, tr- the real transformation began. You were diagnosed with PTSD following these multiple deployments to Afghanistan, and you really did have a, uh, a dark depression, and uh, we're, we're going through a tough time. Um, tell us 
how you cried out to God in the midst of, of those darkest times of your life. Yeah, sure, mate. So um, when I got back, I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, I was I was suffering uh, physically, mentally, and really struggling with understanding um, all the effects of, of what was actually occurring to me. I, I had a real misconception of um, mental illness and post-traumatic stress and really viewed it as a weakness. So when I started to suffer, I, I considered myself quite weak and and really started to hate myself and ended up in a, in a really severe depression, um, even suicidal. So I was in a hospital bed at um, Currumbin Clinic, a, a psychiatric ward here on the coast, and I was under observation and suicide watch there. And I knew Christ, and I was really struggling. And I just couldn't see a way out of where I was. Um, but I was reading my Bible and a verse stuck out to me, um, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, You are not made with a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And when I was at that point where I really thought I was losing my mind, reading that verse just struck a real chord with me. And I chose in that moment to believe God's word about me, that I was of sound mind, that I was powerful and that I did have love in me. Um, because going through this post-traumatic stress and depression, I'd lost a lot of empathy and relationship with my wife and my children, and I'd really um, withdrawn. And that was a pivotal turning point in my life. I, I believe I had to be broken down to a point of complete surrender before um, I really started to, to regain my freedom, and that was really through a relationship with Christ. Well, it's an inspiring story of, uh, you know, you being able to share with the world uh, what you've been through. And you've released this book, Resurrected, A Story of Hope. How did this come about? Yeah, sure. It was never even um, going to be a book. Initially, it was I was seeing a uh, Christian psychologist here on the coast who encouraged me to write down um, my memories and, and my thoughts and to try and piece together some of the, um, the situations that were so jumbled in my head that I walked through. So I'd never actually dealt with any of the um, experiences. I'd sort of pushed everything to the back of my mind and just moved on. And, and going through that writing down process really for me was extremely cathartic in that it freed up a lot of space in my mind and, um, and began a healing process. So um, the actual act of writing this stuff down was, was very good in itself. But it also um, became a way that I was able to communicate with Zoe who I'd completely shut down and, and pushed away and isolated from my life. We, our relationship was completely on the rocks. We weren't communicating. I wasn't talking. And I was then able to give her um, some of these writings early on and, and try and explain to her um, or, or, or paint a picture of what I was going through without having to face her myself. And it became a way that we started to communicate. Zoe started to actually write as well. And, and give me her um, interpretation of how I was coming across. And, and it really became a, a, a healing process for our marriage and our communication. And, um, you know, through this journey of, of writing this book, it, we've discovered that our testimony is quite powerful. You know, it, 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 there is a lot of hope in Christ and there's not much hope in the world, really. And when I was diagnosed with PTSD, I was certainly um, given that 
from the doctors. They told me, you, you know, you've got PTSD and major depression. You're going to be like this for the rest of your life. We just need to monitor you and put you on all these drugs and, um, and we'll just see how you go. And really, it was a horrible place to think my life is now going to be like this and there is no hope of improvement. There is no hope of cure. Um, but the reality is nothing in the world stays the same. Everything changes and, um, and, and there is hope in Christ. Mm. And, and through focusing on him as my new um, purpose, so I found I, I lost purpose when I left the military and, and I lost my identity, which was um, wrapped up in, the, in my, um, my position in the military. And so I had to re- refine that and redefine myself. And that was through my relationship, my growing relationship with God and also, um, you know, redefining myself as a husband and a father. And, um, yeah, that, that journey was just, mate, it was an extremely tough one. But we've gotten to a point where, you know, the good days are starting to outweigh the bad. There is hope for the future. I have a beautiful relationship with my wife who loves me and, and has stuck by me through thick and thin. And, and we have a beautiful relationship with our children. And, um, and now we're in a position where we feel God wants us to share that story of hope with others to show that, hey, you know, if you just stick these things out, stay together, hold on. There is hope at the end. You can succeed. Your life can get better. And, um, you know, it's not all bad. Well, Andy, it's inspiring to hear um, of uh, how the Lord's helped you through these times. And, you know, I've uh, been working uh, in the different homeless shelters in Brisbane and come across a number of blokes that are uh, ex-servicemen that have been struggling with PTSD and depression. And these guys, uh, you know, they, they get medicated and they get counselling, but sometimes they lose their families. They lose uh, everything. They lose their jobs and, and they end up on the streets. And, uh, you know, thankfully there, there's great services available to help them get back on their feet. But from hearing from you today, it's a great success story. And uh, it ain't over yet. You, you're still going through it. Obviously, you're still, you know, it's good to hear that the, uh, the good days are outweighing the bad days. Uh, but uh, through your foundation in Christ, uh, it's wonderful to hear that you're overcoming and that, and that uh, mm-hmm. you, you really are in a, in a great part of your journey right now. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us today, Andy and Zoe. And if people want to find out more, uh, the website is ptsdresurrected.com and you can find uh, the links there to the book and uh, also some great pictures uh, and information there about the story. Uh, it's been great having you on the program today, guys. Thanks for your time. Thanks very much, Matt. Thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, 
among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.